Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you come out and said, I'm crying every day a few years ago, everyone would, would, back then would have turned around and said, come on, man up, what's up here? You say it today now because it's so out there and in the public eye. I think people respect you more for saying it now, where back then they'd have laughed at you. Over the next two years, the Rugby League World Cup 2021, in partnership with Movember and alongside Rugby League Cares, are going to be delivering mental fitness workshops to around 8,000 young Rugby League players and their parents. The sessions will teach each person how to look after their own mental fitness as well as that of those around them. Now to find out why this training is so important, I've come to Manchester to speak to a British sporting legend to see how he struggled with the lowest at the lows and developed strategies to cope. When you take up boxing, when you begin to become a boxer, when was the moment when you realised, actually, I could be quite good at this, I could make something of my life? I won my first national title as a schoolboy, won the schoolboy championships uh, as a 13-year-old. And then I think when I was 15, uh, when I first got asked to box for my country, box for England, schoolboys in Russia. Mm. And I thought, you know, when I get to 15 and I'm starting to know the sport a little bit better and getting a little bit older and wiser at 15, and I think if you start representing your country and you're walking out to the national anthem and you're boxing, you know, you're putting the England vest over your shoulders and that, I think, I think the penny started to drop. And I didn't, you know, I was always a boxing historian from a young age. I watched all the great champions of old coming through and I wanted to um, do what my heroes done. So I moved up a weight division, challenged Louis Calazzo for the welterweight title, which I'd, I'd done for that. And um, and then it led to Mayweather, Pacquiao and all oh, and the manner of which I was winning my fights and the, the fan base and the crowds I was taking to these events. It seemed like... Everybody wanted Ricky Hatton. Yeah, yeah. It, was, um, it was a magnificent time for, for Manchester. But behind the scenes, you're having times when you personally, in terms of your mental well-being, your mental fitness, you are struggling. Had you ever experienced problems mental health-wise before you became a professional boxer, before you became famous? I was, pa I was paranoid about what people thought of me. Mm. There was a little bit of that depressive nature to mm. me from a very young age. And then it all stemmed when I, when I got beat ultimately by Mayweather. And people said to me after the defeat, they went, you shouldn't be embarrassed about getting defeated by Floyd Mayweather. I mean, but I went over there not just for my biggest payday and because it was happy to fight Floyd Mayweather. 
I went over thinking I was going to beat him, genuinely. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. So then when I didn't, when I come home, I thought I had to cancel all my engagements. I couldn't walk down the street. I thought people was laughing at me. I had to hide my face. I thought, you know, and it's when I look back now, people were proud of me. Yeah. But in my mind, I was thinking, feel embarrassed. I've been knocked out there for the first time. I told everyone I was going to go over and win, and I didn't. And I couldn't walk down the street. And that was, that was the start where it really did start to kick in, yeah. People would never said to me, you know, it's Floyd Mayweather, what's up with you, Ricky? You know, he's... he's... And, but that didn't, end, that didn't enter me. I was just, you know, I just had a vacant lot and I had that for, for a good while. And I was thinking of packing the game in. Um, but I eventually did decide to, to make a comeback, you know, and um, the best way the fans helped me mm. was my comeback was at the, the, the City of Manchester Stadium. I fought Juan Lascano, um, 60,000 fans, 60,000 tickets sold in two weeks. It was in, unbelievable. And I fought Juan Lascano and it wasn't my me, uh, me best performance. So people were turning around and saying, yeah, Ricky, it's your time to retire now. So I'm starting to think my career was over. I also... Um, uh, split up with my trainer then, Billy Graham, yeah. who was also my best friend because I felt Billy Graham was, you know, having that many injuries, I thought if I'm going to continue with my career, I need to have a trainer that can give me 100% and through no fault of Billy's, he couldn't physically mm. do that now. So then I fell out with Billy. So you can imagine, you know, I I'm, got beat by Mayweather, performance wasn't good at the City of Manchester, fell out with Billy Graham, you know, I, I was, I was at, I was at an old, an old time low, and then a fight came up against Polly Malinardi, um, and it was brilliant. In my best performance, stopped him in eleventh rounds. Nolan Liam Gallagher carried the belts in for me, and it was brilliant. So I was back up then. Yeah. And so, but then I fought Manny Pacquiao, the pound for pound best again, and he destroyed me in two rounds, which consequently mean I, would, I had to retire. So my head was in a, like a yo-yo, you know, you know, up for the, up, you know, down for Mayweather, down for Lascano, fell out with Billy, up for Malinaji, back up on top of the world again, down by Pacquiao, and then around the same time as Pacquiao fight, I fell out with my mum and dad, which you know that was like the beginning of the end for me. I thought I've worked so hard to achieve all these things, what I've what I've got. And Billy Graham, my trainer, is not here to share it with me. My mum and dad's not here to share it with me. I haven't got boxing no more. I don't care whether I live or die. And that was rock bottom. And when you're rock bottom, it's a, it's a disconcerting place. It's a, a fear-filled place, to put it mildly. And, and the classic bloke thing, from what I've found, from my own personal experience and talking to others, <clears> is <throat> that blokes tend to isolate themselves. They stop reaching out to others. What did it look like for you when you're in the lowest of lows? Were you reaching out to others or just isolating yourself? No, just isolating myself at first because, I mean, I was like, I, I started um, training boxers and coming in the gym and, and training the lads and trying to at least fill my days with something to take my mind off, you know, you know these demons, these, you know, this, this voice on, the, on my shoulder that was saying this and that to me. What, what was that voice saying? Um, you know, what, what, what do you need to be here for? Nobody loves you. You haven't got a mum and dad. You haven't got a, your best mate, your trainer no more. You haven't got boxing, you know what I mean? No one cares about you. No one anymore. cares about you, you know? And that's what it was. So I, I became, became doing the boxing training, but it was still going on. 
the boxing um, training, coming in the gym Monday to Friday, was like my comfort blanket. I'd come on and I'd f throw a few smiles and a few shakes and, and everyone on the surface thought, Ricky's doing okay. Mm. But then I'd go back home and I'd be, you know, just sat on the settee and then I'd be like going to the pub, you know. And I'm, but even when I wasn't going to the pub, I was just sat there on the settee on my own, you know. Sometimes I wouldn't even sat with the TV on. You know, my girlfriend at the time going, Ricky, please won't speak to someone. And in my mind at the time, I thought to myself, I'm Ricky, I'm not going to go to someone and say I'm crying every day. I'm sat in the dark, I mean, I'm, 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 no, I said, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. I don't worry, love, I'll be all right, I'll be all right. And I couldn't, and it gradually got worse and worse. How bad did it get? So I was going to the pub, drinking myself to death, you know, drinking like there's every day, like there's no tomorrow. And then, you know, I was, you know, in order, I thought this ain't working, this ain't, in order to, to keep me drinking more, keep me drinking for longer, I started taking drugs, which would keep me awake longer, so I could keep drinking more, which would help my, my mindset of drinking myself to death. And in the end, I was just a wreck, I didn't care where I was, who I was with, that's how bad, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Did you care if you lived or died? No, didn't care. Well, you know, what, what did I have to, to live for, you know? I think once you've been a professional in any sport mm. and you've reached the highest level, you know, a footballer walking out to, to out the Etihad or Old Trafford, to hearing the crowd, hearing there's only one Ricky Hatton, never mind falling out with the people that love me. Mm. Never hearing that again was like nervous breakdown material for me. In terms of what the Rugby League World Cup 2021 are trying to do in terms of their various initiatives and thinking of ahead of the game, if you, if you were casting your mind back to the younger Ricky Hatton and beginning on the, the road of boxing and, and the kind of help around mental fitness that <clears throat> is available now was there, how different might things have looked for you? A million percent different, a million percent different. Whether you know, you, you've got problems, whether it be an injury point of view or, or mental problems, what you've got stands, prevention is better than cure in, any, in anything you do. It's a lot, you know, mental, mental side of sport is, is just as, as important as the physical side. And you're going into these fights or rugby matches or football matches at the very, very highest level. And you're under that extra pressure because of the, the problems you've got and there's no one there to help you. I think it, I think it's an easy, easy question to answer, isn't it? Goes without saying, I think it would help massively. Would help massively. I mean, I went into the Pacquiao fight, knew I was beaten before the bell went. Really? Because I knew I was down, I knew I was depressed, I knew my training camp wasn't going well. Mm. You know, I, I, was, I, was, I went into that fight thinking, if I could just get him with one body shot, it'll all be over. And that's, you know, that's going into a fight against one of the best fighters of all time. So, that's, and that's because I have had this yeah. type of thing that's available these days. Yeah. So I think it's an absolute must. And I just commend the, the Rugby World Cup, what they're doing with this skiing. And hopefully other sports take it on board and we, we move forward from a sports perspective together, yeah. But the best thing is, mate, you're still here. Absolutely, You're still here. Yeah, We're in this wonderful gym. Was there one particular moment, maybe a, a life event, that, that began to put you on the road to redemption, to pull you back from the brink? When my second baby could come along, Millie, my second child, yeah. and she wasn't planned or anything like that, and she'd come along, 
And I thought, I've got another baby along the way. And I thought, but I was still, even though my girlfriend, was girlfriend at the time was pregnant, I was still having bad times. I was still coming home. I was still crying. And I thought, I've got to get myself together now because I've got another little one on the way. Mm. It's not about me anymore. You know, I've got, I've got one, I've got Campbell already. I've got Millie on the way. Get your, get your act together, Rick. Come on. And I, and I couldn't do it. So I went to, uh, I was seeing a psychiatrist in Manchester and I just went into him and I went on my knees, went on my knees and threw my hands in front of him. I said, I said, please tell me what, what I need to do. I said, I, I can't do it on my own. I'm crying every day. I want to kill myself. I said, I've got a little lad. I've got another one on the way. But I'm sure you still have those difficult days. And when you feel in yourself that things are perhaps changing, how do you go about recognising them? Are you better at doing that? And what coping strategies do you put in place when those days come? Well, I still have them now. I mean, <clears throat> this is the best I've ever been because, incidentally, time's a great healer. I've made up with my mum and dad. That's brilliant. I've made up with Billy. Um, you know what I mean? I've got three wonderful kids now, a grandchild, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> what? So it's like, but it's I like, am shocked. If I, had, if I hadn't of got off my backside, gone and spoke to someone, got myself together, look at all these good times I'm having now I'd have lost out on. Yeah. So that's why I try and bang the drum every day about this mental health thing. And I mean, I still, it doesn't just leave you because life's good. One day you'll get up, you're in a mood, you don't know what's up with you. It's just the way it is, what you deal with. And I either go and speak to someone, or the best thing I find is going to the gym. You know what I mean? If I'm having a bit of a bad day, if I go put my gear on, go and have a bit of a run, fresh air, but the minute you finally get your backside in gear and get your, get your bum off the couch and do a run, or go to the gym and do it, you feel 10 feet tall. And that's what I do. Or if I don't do a run, I'll come to the gym, I'll put the gloves on the bag, have a go in the bag, do about five or six rounds, blow off a bit of steam, mm. go home then, sit down on the couch, have a cup of tea. I find that helps me alone, you know. The longer you sit there dwelling on stuff, the worse and worse it goes because it builds up. I think the minute you feel it, do something about it. Get up, go and do a workout, go for a walk, you know, go and speak to someone. And you're incredibly open about this now, which this interview is testament to. Do you think your career would have benefited if you'd been able to be open about some of the things you were struggling with back in the day? There was a stigma back then when I was fighting. Has that changed now? Has that gone? 100% because I think more and more people are calling out because, and they need to do, because you can't see with mental health. If you're, you've got a bad arm or an achy arm, you might have a bruise or you might have you've got mental health, you can't physically see it. So that's why so many people banging the drum to come out and say, listen, I'm struggling. And I think, that help wasn't available. If you come out and said, I'm crying every day a few years ago, everyone would, would, back then would have turned around and said, come on, man up, what's up with you? You say it today now because it's so out there and in the public eye. I think people respect you more for saying it now, where back then they'd have laughed at you. And I think that's the difference. What are you doing within this very gym with the fighters that you're working with, the careers that are just beginning, they're in those infant stages? What are you doing in terms of the lessons you've learned to help them navigate some of the issues that you face throughout your career? Yeah, I feel the need that, you know, if one of them is having a bit of a bad day, a little tap on the shoulder, are you all right, what's up, you know? Because, I mean, I feel my job is not just in the gym telling people, you know, what, what they're doing from a boxing perspective. I feel my job is... He's, he's banging the drum for mental health now. That's equally, as much as I'm a boxing trainer, 
I feel like I'm an ambassador for mental health now. Because we talk in life about sliding doors moments, we talk about not knowing the story of, of what would have happened if you hadn't gone through this. Do you look back at anything actually? Because it just sounds like, from what you're saying, in a, in a funny kind of way, obviously you don't want to have to feel these things and go as low as that, but because you've gone through that, it's taken your life, it's taken Ricky Hatton, it's opened up doors that probably wouldn't have opened up otherwise. I feel like Ricky Hatton is in a happier place now, even when I was winning them titles. Really? Even when I was winning them belts. Absolutely. Because I'm not only, you know, looking back on them fights, that even the fights are lost with pride now. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm helping lives as well. And that's, that's the best feeling you, you, can, you can ever have. Given everything you've said and, and given everything that the Rugby League World Cup are trying to do in 2021 around the whole area of mental fitness training, is it almost as important that we are training ourselves in terms of our mental fitness as much as we are training ourselves physically when it comes to sport? Absolutely, because, I mean, everyone in the World Cup are playing for their nation. They're in the spotlight in the biggest sporting event in their sport. And so there's bound to be pressure. So I think we've got to look at the individual, not just, you know, when you're competing at the highest level, pressure comes with that. Mm. And some people can cope with pressure, some people can't. I tell you what, I'll fight anyone in that ring, me. But I tell you what, when I come out of it, I couldn't, I couldn't cope, I wasn't strong enough. Mm. So that's why I needed help. And just, you know, even though you're playing in the World Cup, playing at the toppest part of your game, there's probably someone in there, trust me, there's a few in there that won't be strong enough to deal with the mental side. And I think that's why we need to look at it more in sport in general, because with sport, and especially when you're competing at the, the high level, that adds pressure. Yeah, it brings successes, you know, nice pats on the back and belts and big trophies, but it also brings a lot of pressure, because, you know, once you start performing at that level and then your performances start dropping a little bit, that's when we need to look at a professional sportsman as well, because that's normally when you reach them highs and it's gone, that's when you need your biggest help, because that is, it's end of the rainbow stuff, winning world titles, Las Vegas, your name's up in lights. Imagine how that feels, there's only one Ricky Hand. That is dreamland, end of rainbow stuff, but you can't maintain that high no. for the rest of your life. So there's obviously a come down from there, and it's when that come down, some can cope with it, some can't, and we need to spot it early, I think. Well, Ricky, you are, you're helping loads of people already, but I have no doubt that what you said here today is going to help even more. Can I just say I'm so glad. Hope so. With your parents, with Billy, and life is looking good. Life is good. Hope so. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Top man. So that is why at next year's Rugby League World Cup 2021, we are going to be providing with Movember and Rugby League Cares some mental fitness workshops in our very own host communities. These are going to be available for everyone, including the players, match officials, team officials and volunteers as well. Now, if you've been affected by anything that you have heard in today's interview, then please don't hesitate to go to movember.com for advice and help there. And if you'd like to find out any more about this Rugby League World Cup 2021 Mental Fitness Initiative, simply go to rlwc2021.com forward slash mental fitness. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.